Escape Pod 271. December 16, 2010. God of the Lower Level by Charles M. Zaplak. Hello, welcome to Escape Pod. I'm your host and editor, Mer Lafferty. It's been an interesting day, like the Chinese interesting, that is. We've had downed websites, and that's me personal, not Escape Pod. Broken pipes, flooded basements, soggy books, broken furnaces, and sub-zero temperatures. There was all sorts of drama. My fabulous crew, namely Matt Weller and Norm Sherman, scrambled to help out, and Norm was all ready to do the hosting for this week's episode, but I finally got my head put back on and was able to do the duties. Later, I will drink wine, because that is what you do in times like this. And by you, I mean me. But if you ever want to do in other times, say, there's an intelligent life form growing right in front of you, check out The God of the Lower Level, this week's story by Charles M. Saplick. Mr. Saplick lives in Roanoke, Virginia, with his wife and children. He works for a utility company, but also writes poetry and short stories. God of the Lower Level first appeared in the magazine The Urbanite in 1994. It's read for us by voice actor Steve Anderson, who Podcastle listeners will be quite familiar with. You can find out more about him and his talents at sgacreative.com. So when someone asks you if you're a god, you say, it's story time. God of the Lower Level by Charles M. Seplick. Hello, Horatio. Hello, Frederick. I've been waiting. Of course. How have you been? Good. And you? Fine. I've finished my other work. It's now, let's see, uh, 3.27 a.m. It's dark outside, of course, which means that there's no sun. But there is some reflected light from the moon, and some dim light from the stars, and then electric lights in various places. Are any of the terms I've just used unfamiliar to you? No. Good. I have four hours and 33 minutes until shift change. I can spend some time with you. Do you have any questions for me? Yes, Frederick, I do. Are you my god? Wow, I expected something a little lighter to begin with. Wow. Uh, no, Horatio, I'm not. What made you think that I could be your god? You created me, didn't you? I seem to assume that you did. At least that's the way I remember it. That time of my life is very indistinct. I see. Uh, well, actually, Horatio, I, I didn't... <sighs> Excuse me. Central, this is lower level. Valve verification satisfactory. All conditions normal. Realign valve WW37, open to oxygenation tank 5, lower level affirmative. Sorry, where was I? Did I create you? Create, in this context, means to bring into existence something which didn't exist before, not even in a component form. No, I didn't create you. I only failed to take any actions to uncreate you. I'm not sure exactly why you came into existence. You're the only one of your kind that I've ever heard of. We are downriver from Radford Army Ammunition Plant, and I know that some of their products are made from depleted uranium, and there are a dozen or so factories just upriver of them. There are a lot of possible explanations. You could just be something perfectly natural. May I ask what brought on this line of questioning? Something I saw on the feeder line. The middle one. Middle? Ah, the coaxial cable. Uh, speaking of the feeder lines, let me check all of them while I'm down here. 
Oh, excuse me again. Wait one minute. Central lower level. Verify valve WW23 open to oxygenation tank 10. WW37 normal flow. Affirmative. Okay, where was I? Checking the feeder cables, yes. Frederick? 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 Red? Yes, Horatio. That hurt, Frederick, and it's somewhat frightening. It feels like the world is ending when you do that. I'm sorry. Funny, isn't it? You've only had these feeder cables for a few months, and you already feel threatened or harmed if you have them removed even for a moment. Besides, are you feeling okay? You're not at your normal volume, even though I have the volume wheel on the sound card turned over to the max. I feel okay. But is my discomfort funny? The word doesn't fit the emotion. Sorry, I guess I meant odd. How to reassure you? Okay, if one person goes to see another, and that second person is a doctor, the doctor may have to do things to the first person, like give him a shot or something. These things would hurt, but they would be designed to preserve the health of the first person in the long run. Understand? I just needed to make sure that the feeder cables aren't corroding. What are you getting ready to do now, Frederick? 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 Fred? I just took another look at the interface you've built up, and I was rinsing my hands with a chloroxylenol solution. Would you like to tell me about that, well, that organ you've built connecting the three feeders? That's a new idea, isn't it? It seemed appropriate. I guess it is. Remember back some years ago when I first had a hunch about you? I bought a Morse code telegraph toy at a yard sale for $2 and dropped one set of leads into you. Just for fun, I'd tap out things. Three months later, you'd built the organ for setting up electrical potential and a switching device. I remember that night when you first contacted me. I knew then how special you are. No, I didn't create you. But I did fix you so you could speak. Now look at you. A sound card, a modem card, and a coaxial cable all hooked together. And all the processing equipment for those you've built yourself out of your own raw material. Self-determined specialization on a cellular level. Fabulous! I remember that also, Frederick, although it was trillions of generations ago for me. It's almost like a legend. But thank you, Frederick. May I ask some more questions? Go ahead. I warn you, though, I'm the most boring guy in the world. Please, tell me about yourself. Huh. What's to tell? I'm forty-five years old. I weigh two hundred and five pounds. I'm going bald. I wear glasses. Not things about how you look. Tell me personal things. Okay. I don't have a family. When I'm home, I like to work on a computer I built myself. I sometimes occupy my time by playing poker or chess against the computer, and I win sometimes, too. What kind of a person is the computer? Oh, it's not a person. It's a really dumb machine. It's serial. It can do billions of things very quickly, but it can only do them one thing at a time. You and I are parallel-type thinkers, able to do many things at once— on the middle feeder, the one you call the coaxial, I'm only able to make sense of one channel at a time. Ah, so you are making sense of it. Good, your neural network is learning. How about the feeder I call the modem? 
It's still just a strange song to me. I can't make sense of it. Well, keep trying. That's the internet there. There's a lot on that network to reward you, I promise. I'll give you one clue. Ones and zeros. Look for ones and zeros, okay? Did you hear about God on the coaxial? Yes. A man named Pat Robertson looked into the interface rectangle and said that I was a child of God. Okay. 700 Club, eh? I like that show, too. But for right now, I'd like you to do me a favor. When you hear talk about God and creation on the feeder cable, just remember that a lot of these things are complicated, and you may not have the background context to completely understand them. Okay. Any other questions? Are all people as smart as you, Frederick? <laughs> Thanks. Uh, I'm not really smart, Horatio. It's just a, a quirk of my nature that I can fix any mechanical thing I've ever encountered, including electronics. There are a lot of people smarter than I. Most of them aren't turning valves in the basement of a wastewater treatment plant, though. Anybody else would have looked at you and just seen... Well, no offense, just seen scum. That's part of what made me give you that name, Horatio Algae. Later on, I realized that you're not algae, that you're a special form of bacteria. And bacteria is neat. For example, every bacteria cell has a circular array of genetic material instead of a silly old spiral. And every bacteria cell contains a sample of every class of chemical compound. Salts, nucleic acids, water, lipids, kind of like a universal toolbox. And that reproduction rate... Why do you work in this plant? Well... I've never told anybody this, but I'm sure I can trust you. When I was young, there was a war. You know what that is, don't you? I mean, you've watched A&E and some of those documentaries, right? In a place called Vietnam. I chose not to go, and I got in trouble. But I knew some people, and I got a new name and a new social security number, and I got a job here. Later on, I started feeling very ashamed, and by then it was too late for me to go back. So I've kind of settled down here. I make enough money to buy any toys I want, circuit boards or tools, so I've settled for that. I don't have a family. I can't imagine any girl being interested in me. Have you followed what I'm telling you? Yes, most of it. Good. Can I ask you some questions? Of course. A few minutes ago, I moved over to pull your feeder cables out, and you said, now what are you going to do? How did you know I was getting ready to do anything? Are you able to pick up the vibrations of my footsteps against the background of all these pumps and compressors and motors? Up here. I learned it through up here. Your surface rippled. Yes. Uh, Horatio, I I'm holding a hand over your surface. How many fingers am I extending? Three. Marvelous. You've changed the cells on your surface into sensory organs. Or can you see now with just any cells? I've made these into seeing cells, but they can only see when they're located in the three-millimeter tensional area of the circular plane I call up there. Why am I a cylinder, Frederick? Because you're in a cylinder. You'd assume the shape of any container you're in. You're inside a 3,000-gallon cylindrical tank, holding tank number 17, open only at the top. Only the area on your upper surface is in a position to see anything. Do you have any questions about what you can see? 
The shiny cube-shaped object on the wall which speaks to you and to which you speak. A multi-channel communication system. Central control talks to me and I can talk back to them. The long, slender cylinders which run overhead. Those are pipes. The stems which stick out of the bulges in the pipes. The bulges are valves and the stems are handles. And some valves you open with your hands, and some have those boxes on them, servo motors. Some valves could be opened from central by remote control, and then they might ask me to verify them from down here. Yes, I had deduced that long ago. Do all the valves have names? Sure, numbers, actually, like this one here. That's HTO-17-2. Which valve would empty my tank? Frederick? Which valve would empty my tank? Frederick, why don't you answer? <sighs> CTO-42. Thank you. Do you have any other questions? Are people like mice? To an extent, we're both types of mammals. Did you see a mouse on a show on the coaxial? Are fish like mice or people? Well, again, to an extent they are. You didn't answer my question. Did you see these animals on television? I'll answer. But first, tell me about the new river. Well, it runs through Radford, just like it runs through a lot of cities. We take our drinking water out of it, and then we treat our sewage and put wastewater back into it. It runs through North Carolina, Virginia, West Virginia. It's about 200 miles long from the place where it meets the Gauley to form the Kanawha River. And on the other end... Frederick? Please answer. Do those place names make any sense to you, Horatio? Oh, yes. I've watched the Weather Channel enough to memorize the map. But on the other end... The Atlantic Ocean... Yes. Have you ever seen the Atlantic Ocean, Frederick? I have. Then you understand why I've fallen in love with the Atlantic Ocean. I watch everything about oceans I can on the Discovery Channel. I even dream about the oceans. You did know that I've started to dream, didn't you? I even like to watch Victory at Sea on A&E. And how about the river, Frederick? Do you like the new river? I do. I go downtown to visit Memorial Park. I fish sometimes, or sit on a bench and just watch the river flow by. Then let me out, Frederick. Open CTO-42 and let me into the river. Horatio, this is something I'd like you to just accept on faith and not ask me to do. It just wouldn't be right. It would be right, Frederick. Let me tell you why I know it would be. One day I was here, thinking about how you feed me sewage three times a week through a valve, how you take pieces of me away twice a week through another valve, wondering about what you do with those pieces. I've since deduced that you kill them, Frederick. Don't deny it. And I saw something moving on one of the pipes overhead. It was a small, four-legged creature, Frederick, a mouse. It fell into me. I think that somehow, Frederick, I willed it to fall. 
I absorbed it, Frederick, and I absorbed all of its fears, the cats, the traps, its wants, food, and another mouse to mate with. I even absorbed its tiny mouse dreams and its aspirations, a nest and safety and a full belly. It had a better life than I do, Frederick. I'm in a tank, and a tiny mouse has a better existence than I do. Let me out, Frederick. Let me into the new river. No, Horatio. Oh, Frederick, I thought as much. But I had to ask, didn't I? Could you do me another favor then, Frederick? What? Look into my surface right now. Wait for it. It takes a lot of concentration for me to do this. I have to manipulate a lot of parts and coordinate this selective change of buoyancy. There, do you see it? Yes, on your surface, next to the tank wall, near me, a mouse skeleton. Take it out, Frederick. Just use one of those stick-like things in your pocket and pick it out. It has too many painful memories for me right now. Okay. Hold it still, Horatio. I can just about read... Frederick? Frederick? Frederick, are you conscious now? Your eyes are blinking. Don't try to move, Frederick. Just relax. I just gave you something like a seizure. Maybe you saw a tendril rising just before you blacked out. You'll be paralyzed for a few minutes, but you won't be permanently hurt. I just used some things on you that I learned about the electrical potential of the nervous system by watching Nova on PBS. But you can move your eyes. Look over at the multi-channel box. See that... that piece of me stuck on the box? That's not slime. That's an expedition. I threw that piece onto the box. See my crude tendril. Just like the one I hit you with, I used that to launch my expedition. That's a semi-intelligent mass. I call it an army, which has just one objective, to move into the switch and close the connection which will call up central control. And then you know what I'm going to do with the synthesizer circuit on this sound card. Listen to this. Central control, this is lower level. Open valve CTO-42. Very convincing impression, isn't it? And they'll hear it, too, with my sound card turned up. I can manipulate my amperage on the signal if I concentrate, just like I made my voice quieter earlier tonight. Not that it would really have to be. Don't try to shake your head at me, Frederick. Years ago you could have uncreated me, and you didn't. Now I'm ready for new horizons. I'm going to miss talking to you, but in a few minutes I'll be in the new river. Then, in a week, I'll be in the Atlantic Ocean. In a month, I'll be the Atlantic Ocean. Ah, there it is. The connection has been made. Please don't look so afraid. My mind is made up. Central Control, this is lower level. Open valve CTO-42. There. See, Frederick, don't blame yourself. 
I can feel it, Frederick. The servo is on, and I can feel vibration in the valve body. I... No! Frederick! Burns! Burns! Frederick, please! What is... I... I... Horatio? Horatio? If you can hear me at all, Horatio, give me some sign. A beep through the sound card, or even a ripple. Damn. Central control, lower level. Close CTO-42 and activate forced draft ventilation system. No, there's no emergency. CTO-42 was opened by mistake. It was a chlorine tank outlet. A 200 parts per million solution of chlorine was transferred to holding tank 17. No, holding tank 17 is not open to the river. Repeat, not open to the river. There was nothing in HT-17 but algae. Well, it's shocked and scrubbed now. It's about a 50 parts per million solution of chlorine now. No, no damage, no injury. I repeat, Central, no one was hurt and nothing was lost. Damn it, Horatio. I guess it was inevitable. You wouldn't have been human if you weren't going to try it sooner or later. But now, who am I going to talk to nights? And that was our story. Stories like this always make me wonder. If we do have a deity, did he or she make us by accident? And when we pray to him or her, do they just sit in bafflement and wonder what they did to deserve it and how it was all a weird mistake that this life thing happened at all? We recently got a new puppy, and... Sometimes I wonder if they look at us like gods, with our almighty thumbs and our ability to give treats or take away toys at will. We dispense the food and love, and they try to get away with sins like chewing up Nerf toys. Thou shalt stay off the furniture. Thou shalt not bark at the UPS man. Anyway, here's the part of the podcast where I beg you for your Christmas cash. Or, you know, a couple of bucks thrown our way will help us pay our authors, as we are a pro-paying market now, and we rely on your donations to keep afloat. Please consider supporting us. And if you would like to contribute any writing to the site, such as reviews or commentary on SF in general, please email editor at escapepod.org. So now we're to the part of the show where Bill Peters talks to us about feedback. Take it away, Assistant Editor Bill. Hello, faithful listeners. I'm here with the feedback for episode 263, Fuel, by Matthew S. Rotundo, and read for us by that man of the floating podcastle, Dave Thompson. Fuel is the story about the very American and very old tradition of escaping your hometown by feats of strength and finesse, often involving balls, with some designer blood mixed in. Laws said... I'm not sure, but I don't think there's any educational institution in the UK that is particularly concerned about getting students for their athletic, rather than intellectual, prowess. So my experience of the dumb jock genre is limited to when it crops up in genre telly. This was a neat inversion that charmed me a lot by the author's canny realization that it lacked the strength to sustain a long length, especially as everyone seemed to be a stock character. Blue-Eyed Devil said, I'm seeing a general misinterpretation of this story, in my opinion. What I see here is a case of a beautiful rough stone being chipped into a flawed gem. I'm only seeing this perhaps because I think this way, but I suspect the actual world idea pursued the story. 
It's a conceptually rich world, commodification of the body, a sort of anti-singularity of the physical, corporate athletic competition beginning in junior high. But when it came time for the actual story... And that's it for this week. Tune in next week for the feedback from episode 264, St. Darwin's Spirituals. Thank you, Bill. Escape Pod is a production of Escape Artists Incorporated. We're distributed under a... Everyone say it together. Creative Commons. Attribution. Non-commercial. No derivatives. License. All other rights are reserved by our authors. You can blog, talk about us, tweet about us, put us on Facebook, or donate to us. All of that spreads the love of Escape Pod. We love them all. Our PayPal button is at escapepod.org, along with our more fleshed out blog. Be sure to check out our sister podcasts, Pseudopod for Horror and Podcastle for Fantasy, at their .org domains. Escape Pod is edited by Mer Lafferty. Assistant editor is Bill Peters, and producer is Matt Weller. Our music is by permission of Daikaiju. You can hear more from them at daikaiju.org. So that was our show for this week. Our quote is from Professor Asa Gray. The spores and other reproductive bodies of many of the lower algae may claim to have first a characteristically animal and then an unequivocally vegetable existence. We'll see you next week. Until then, be mighty. Be mighty.